Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. Welcome back to our study of the resurrection. When Jesus returns on a cloud, he will raise the dead, and all of the righteous will go with him to heaven. In this single event, Jesus will not only fulfill the promise of eternal life, but he will also secure his victory over all the enemies of righteousness. Once the victory is secured, God's scheme of redemption is complete. On our program, we've been talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. On our last program, we were working our way through 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul spends this entire chapter on the subject of the resurrection. He begins by reestablishing the historical narrative concerning the resurrection of Jesus. He then tells us why this was necessary. The Corinthians had men among them who were teaching that there was no resurrection of the dead to come. And as Paul points out in a number of different ways, if there is no resurrection of the dead to come, then Jesus has not raised from the dead. And if Jesus has not raised from the dead, then the Christian faith is futile. We left off on our last program talking about how Jesus bringing life into the world was much like Adam bringing sin into the world. And here we see a parallel between these two men. Adam, who was the first man created by God, brought sin and death into the world by eating of that fruit. Christ, who came into this world as the Son of God, has brought about forgiveness of sins, and eternal life. So just as through Adam all die, so too in Christ all live. Now Jesus is the first fruits of those who will raise from the dead. Jesus was the first to raise, and so he guarantees that all who fall asleep in him will also one day raise. So we have this idea of a harvest, that that's what the, the final resurrection event is. It's a harvest. In verses 23 and 24, Paul lays out a chronology. He says in verse 23, But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. Notice the very distinct chronology. Christ raises from the dead that all who are asleep in Christ raised from the dead, and then comes the end. Now, as I understand it, there is no separate rapture event. The gathering together of the Lord's people happens when Jesus returns, just as he went up into heaven on a cloud. And he descends with a trumpet, with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, as we saw over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Then comes the end, Paul says, and at the end... Jesus delivers the kingdom back to the Heavenly Father. In these verses, we see that that Jesus Christ has been subjected to the authority of his Heavenly Father. We know from Philippians chapter 2 that that Jesus was equal with God, but he emptied himself of that equality in order to become a man. He was obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. 
And now God has exalted him to his right hand and given him the name that is above every name. And yet, even at this moment, as Jesus sits at the right hand of God, this man who is divine, he is still under the authority of his heavenly father. And that's what Paul says here in verses 24 and 25, that when the end comes, Jesus is going to deliver the kingdom back to his heavenly father. Now, the kingdom, I believe, is the church. We can look at a number of different places to prove that. The best place we can turn is in the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, in uh, verse number 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. We've been conveyed into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We've been placed in the kingdom of God, a kingdom that is headed by Jesus Christ. And as Peter describes us in 1 Peter chapter 2, the church is a, a nation, a people. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 24 and 25, Paul says that Jesus is going to turn the kingdom over to the heavenly father. Verse number 25, though, says that he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. So the end happens. Jesus delivers the kingdom over to his heavenly father. And then at that moment, he gains the victory over death. I think we see this depicted for us in the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation in uh, Verse number 14, John says, Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now the lake of fire is, of course, hell. Destroyed in hell is this state of death and Hades. Now the death that is destroyed is physical death. And that's the victory that Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Death is destroyed in the lake of fire. Hades is that intermediary place where people go between their death and the resurrection. It's the place where Lazarus was leaning against the bosom of Abraham. It's the place where the rich man was in torments. He was in that deepest pit, the abyss down in Hades. So we have death, physical death, and Hades, that intermediary place. They are both destroyed in the lake of fire. Now this takes place immediately after the throne scene where all the dead are judged by the book of life. That takes place in Verses 11 and following. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the whole earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So here we have in this moment, this throne scene as all the dead, small and great, are standing before the judgment seat of Christ. 
where the sheep and the goats are separated out. We have the unrighteous and the righteous separated out. Of course, the righteous are going to be in the book of life. The unrighteous will not be found there, but their lives will be judged. And if they're not found in the book of life, they are cast into the lake of fire along with death and Hades. In chapter 21, John goes on to say, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adored for her husband. Here is the moment where the kingdom is being delivered over to God the Father. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. Here's the place that he has prepared, at least in part. The new Jerusalem, the heavenly abode where we can be with God for all eternity. At this moment, the kingdom has been turned over to God the Father. So putting all this together, back in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we have the resurrection of Jesus, which is already past. That is the first fruits of the harvest. We have the resurrection of the righteous that is to come. They are asleep in Jesus. Some of us may go to that state. Others may be here when Jesus returns. We don't know when that will be. He will come as a thief in the night. Once that resurrection has taken place, then Jesus will deliver over the kingdom. And then he will have victory over death and Hades. They are the final enemy. As Paul says in verse 25, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. It's destroyed in the lake of fire, as John saw in Revelation chapter 20. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now this is kind of an interesting verse. Paul says that all things have been placed under the feet of Jesus, but he says that if all things have been placed under Jesus, then the one who placed all things under him must be accepted. And of course, the one who has placed all things under Jesus' feet is God the Father. Jesus always recognized the preeminence of his heavenly Father. His heavenly Father gave him a message. His heavenly Father has given him a kingdom. His heavenly Father gave him all the things he wanted Jesus to accomplish, and Jesus fulfilled his heavenly Father's will. God has placed all things under his feet, but there's only one exception. He has kept himself from under the authority of Jesus Christ. Verse 28, Now when all things are made subject to him, to Jesus, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. So at that moment, when the dead have raised, when the judgment has occurred, when the final victory over death has taken place, at that moment, Jesus Christ will place himself under the authority of God the Father once again, that God may be all in all. This is how I believe the end will come. And we've looked at other passages that I think support this particular teaching. We've considered how the end is going to come as a thief in the night. How most people won't be prepared. It's going to be like the days of Noah, like the days of Lot. People will be marrying and giving in marriage, building houses, going on about their lives until... All of a sudden, 
The Lord appears. The trumpet sounds. The voice shouts. The clouds part. And here comes the Son of God with his angels coming down to harvest the righteous and the unrighteous. At that moment, we will see people rising up out of the graves. We will see the just rise first, and they will rise to meet the Lord in the air. And if we are righteous on that day, we too will be changed in that moment and rise up to meet the Lord in the air. We also know that the wicked will raise from the grave. As we saw back in John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, all who are in the graves will come forth. Some will raise to everlasting life. Some will raise to everlasting condemnation. We will rise up into the air. We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. All of our lives will be judged by what's written in those books. And if our name is found in the book of life, we will escape the second death. This is the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. This is what the resurrection guarantees. And if you're listening to me today, and you are a child of God, what a wonderful future you have in front of you. Thanks for listening to The Gospel Saves. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find him on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know and do His perfect will. Oh